0: Welcome to the Podcast of the Damned. I'm your host Ian. Joining me as always is my co-host Nico. How's it going buddy?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I am doing just fantastic. Um, You know, take two and all that. It's always always good. Um, But we are not alone this week. We have a very special guest. We have Scott from the You Run podcast here. How's it going?
2: yeah good good pleased to be here it seems like ages since we've spoken absolute ages
0: i know i can't actually remember when it was i was sort of looking back because obviously i was i've been checking out a few of your episodes lately as well i was listening to i was actually walking home from work last night i was listening to your halloween four episodes i believe you were you were such a big fan of (laughs) uh,
2: yeah that i've been plagued by that movie for an entire season so i had an off-the-cuff comment i went i hate h4 and i'll never do it and that led to Mark roping in as many people as he could. We had people calling the show. And in the end, I just went, look, we'll do it. And I hate that film. I don't know why. It just doesn't. It does nothing for me. It just annoys me.
0: <laughs> Nico, how do you feel about it? It's an all right
1: movie. It's not the worst, but it's not the best either. Oh, yeah, it's, just, it's it's bland. That's the problem
0: with it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows my love affair for Halloween. So I'm we're, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it too much. I, I, even if it's shit, I love it. So, yeah, <laughs> we don't know that. Yes, yes. I think I'd say it pretty much every single episode at this point. So, we'll just go with that. But uh, yes, we are a horror podcast that deep dives into a different topic every single week in our quest to create a leaderboard for the best and worst horror movies of all time. This is episode number 47. And in today's show, we're talking about the autopsy of Jane Doe. But if you would like to. Support this podcast before we get into it uh, you can do so on twitter at damn podcast we on facebook instagram and tiktok at podcast of the damned you can email us pod of the damned at gmail.com and you can support us on patreon patreon.com forward slash pod of the damned uh, nico do you want to know how many emails we got for our uh, listener question of the week last week about journey
1: <laughs> probably a lot a lot saying that we're wrong
0: do you wanna know how many we got? We got zero. <laughs> really? So, so last week we were reviewing uh Welcome to Raccoon City. And um I don't know if you have you seen that, uh, Scott.
2: Yeah, we, we reviewed it as well. It's yeah. um yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um yeah, um, we had a, a very in depth conversation about uh, the band Bernie because obviously they're brought up the movie and they're on the soundtrack and uh, what that does to women. And uh, yeah we didn't receive any responses which is probably for the best. of the people um but thinking uh, that, yeah. nico anything to plug
1: uh as always
2: no no i didn't think so uh
0: so, <laughs> um, well do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about your show where they can find it uh, what you've got going on just now
2: uh, yeah, so we are U Run Podcast. Uh, we've got You Run Podcast Horror Movie Review, we've got True Crime and we've got our YouTube channel as well. Uh, you find all the shows on urunpodcast.com Um reason we're called the U Run Podcast is because we crazily let the listeners choose the episodes we do which nine times out of 10 backfires, and we end up doing things like what we've got coming up with Sharknado 3. (laughs)
1: Lovely.
2: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's a completely interactive show, so we let everyone take the reins, and then we just give our opinions on what they've chosen. Listeners get to say what they think, and yeah, it's it's just all-round fun, and we do exactly the same with True Crime, and then we do it on YouTube where you can see the pain that I suffer.
0: <laughs> but uh no, it's 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 it really is a great podcast. It's one that's on my regular rotation. I've obviously appeared on that doing Doctor Sleep, which all of our you loved, which I just love, <laughs> I just love. All of our listeners will be very very familiar with how I feel about Doctor Sleep. I think it's the only thing I mention as much as Halloween on this podcast. To be fair, and child's play? play, and child's play. Escort, what do you think of the child's play remake? <laughs>
2: um it's as a movie it's a good movie as a child's play movie it's absolute trash see i said that <laughs> it, it, no you I... didn't if they had made it a if they had made it instead of a chucky doll if they had made it a ai teddy bear or an ai soldier or a barbie it would have been a really good film it would have been a rip off a of child's play but it would have been different but instead, they just slapped the Charles Play brand on it to try and milk it for money. And that's where I lost. So I was like, that's
0: Exactly what I said. That is, that is, in fairness, exactly what he said. <laughs> <coughs> you said. You could come guys. on. Sorry. I have a horrendous cough today. <laughs> I promise everyone it's not COVID, but I have a horrendous cough. So apologies if that uh, interrupts the, uh, the the episode at any point. But uh yeah so great someone else to agree with nico fantastic excellent i'm so happy (laughs) (laughs) uh what about you guys then what uh anything else horror related been watching or doing this week
2: um i dove into the resident evil series on netflix and then wished i hadn't
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I, i i did that what was that nico i i watched that was it last not this week but the week before Whenever, it was like a couple of days after it was released and I did a little mini-sode on it and uh, I didn't think it was terrible I mean it wasn't good <laughs> no it, it just wasn't Resident Evil yeah no, I, I mean we apart know. from what having two characters that we're familiar with it was yeah you know, completely you know just removed from the franchise
2: and there was a bit where wesker become blade from 1995 and i just lost it at that point i was like what the fuck am i watching and then
0: you've got the uh, was it, uh the uh Dua Lipa dance scene in the like this is the second to last episodes yeah uh, i've not
1: got there yet
0: oh well nico enjoy that when it happens you're, you're in for a treat <laughs> oh, um nico what about you had a chance to watch anything this week Have you've been too busy
1: too busy, so I'm, i think I'm up to like episode four in that or five. I can't remember.
0: I think you were up to episode four last week. <laughs> no, it
1: was three. I I must have said four, but it was three.
0: <laughs> having a round. I I always forget, Scott. You were the one who pointed out that um on this on on this show. Um, is possibly the show where the two co-hosts argue the most like you're, we're not quite sure if we're actually friends or not <laughs> yeah the, the crazy thing
2: is i pointed that out and then shortly after that mark joined my show and we become <laughs> almost a mirror image because we agree on absolutely nothing
0: we you know what in fairness nico we've been agreeing quite a lot lately
1: i know i'm scared i don't like it
0: um apart from I think apart from was it, apart from Censor, we did Censor a couple of weeks ago, and we completely yeah. disagreed on that. I really enjoyed that film, and Nico hated it. But, um, it's not that
1: I hated I just thought I'd missed the mark.
0: You you gave it a 2 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, it's trying to be something that's not, it's a bit pretentious. Okay, Nico, whatever. Anyways, right, let's, let's move on. Shall we uh, start discussing today's movie topic, then? Okay. Let's yeah. go for it. Okay, so we are talking about... The Autopsy of Jane Doe. This is not what I was expecting. I'm all yours. Subject is in her mid to late 20s. Hair brown. Eyes gray.
2: What happened to you? First, they bound her. Then they ripped out her tongue, poisoned her, paralyzed her. Forster's walled a cloth.
0: What is Dad? This movie was released in 2016, was directed by Andre Overdahl, stars Brian Cox, emil Hirsch, and Ophelia Lovibond. The IMDb plot is as follows. A father. A, oh, trust me to mess that up straight away. A father <laughs> and son, both coroners, are pulled into a complex mystery while attempting to identify the body of a young woman who was apparently harbouring dark secrets. Tagline for this film Everybody has a secret, which is a nice play on words. Um, I'm going to assume, I don't know why I would assume this, because it's a relatively new-ish film. I'm going to assume this is not the first time you've seen this. No. No. Okay, so um, this is not the first time I've seen this before. I reviewed this on my old show. Um, but oh, just brief, actually, before we get into that, Nico, sorry, I forgot um, our little prediction contest. Um, Nico, you are very familiar with our leaderboard. Predict where you think the autopsy of Jane Doe is going to land on it. I
1: think it's going to be like 13.
0: 13th you think it's going to be 13th so this is the 46th movie that we've covered uh, no sorry that's a lie the 45th movie that we've covered on the show you think it's going to come in 13th which would give it a score of around a 7.7 7.8 7. yeah right about that okay that's fine okay we'll remember that for later on nico's usually wildly wrong about these things yeah to be fair. yeah that's true can, can, can um, i
2: take a stab at that you can I...
0: absolutely take a stab at that
2: yeah i'm gonna say it's gonna come in 25th
0: 25th ooh. which would ooh, okay so that would give it a score of around a 6.7 6.8 yeah so you're sort about a point out there in your predictions but um okay that's fine so um i'm obviously not going to predict because i know exact, apart from our scores know exactly where it's currently sitting on the leaderboard with all the critic scores so i'll i'll not take a, a punt at that but um yeah so just before we maybe get into the sort of details nico Uh, do you want to give us just sort of your your brief overview what's your your like dislike about this film um yeah just give us your sort
1: of well i like all that sort of like autopsy stuff anyway and then what i heard there's a horror film about i'm like "Ooh, this is going to be fun and i love the twist at the end
0: as well Mm -hmm. yes and we'll definitely get into that scott what about you
2: Um, I really enjoy this it's I like the overall atmosphere the overall atmosphere from the very start is very very dark it gives you that really kind of unsettled feeling Um, and they manage to pull out of that every time you've got uh, the Brian Cox the father son team together and they do that with some cracking music and I really like that kind of it's really dark and broody and then they switch it up and then it goes back to being dark and broody i like that change in tone they do that quite a bit in this movie
0: yeah they do um because um obviously and we'll get into some of them later on you know when i I was doing my research i was reading into obviously people's reviews and what they thought of the film and you know for a lot of people it does very much feel like it's a film of sort of two halves you know you've got that opening stretch where like you say it's dark it's broody you know it's atmospheric there's there's you know a really good score here and then you know, it switches it up to a bit and for a little bit, it becomes like a slightly more traditional sort of horror movie sort of with a few jump scares in there, um, which is fine. I feel like this is one of those movies where the jump scares are kind of earned.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Which, you know, is 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 something that c- can't often be said about, you know, horror movies with jump scares. And then, you know, you know, it has a couple of little cliches in there as well. But like, I think it all sort of works. I think it just finds like a really good mix of everything. You know, it's, like, it's got a like really good score. It's got those jump scares. It's got the atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, like, overalls, I think it's, it's pretty good for me. What I really love about this film is that you literally spend the entire film waiting for Jane Doe to move. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's literally the only thing that you're sitting there. And I, th- I think that, like, that really, really works for the atmosphere for me as well, because it, you're so focused in some of the scenes where the camera's just focused on her face. That you're just focusing you're looking you're just waiting for something to happen and then something completely different will happen and i think this film is so good at being able to draw you in like that
2: yeah it, it lulls you in quite a few times as well because there's a few times a few scenes where you go i know where this is going and then something happens you go oh okay where are we going now and it changes the direction quite a bit and uh, yeah it's it's really good uh keeping your attention this isn't one that i was constantly checking my phone to see how long was left it was one that i sat down put it on and i watched it all the way through without checking for time which is normally a good sign yeah
0: definitely yeah
2: Nico.
1: and it also feels a lot quicker it's on for like an hour and a half it doesn't feel like you're sitting there for that long it's it's so it's not fast paced but it feels like it is if that makes sense
0: yeah well it's i mean it's a relatively short movie i think it cut clocks in at like an hour 26 so you know, it's it's not, and which which I appreciate. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I like slow burns. I like long movies, I'll sit and watch a three hour movie. You know, we 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 we've all literally sat here and reviewed Doctor Sleep Director's Edition, which is um is a, <laughs> a, slog. It it's is is. a slog, it's a slog, is a slog of a movie. But no, but like I appreciate the fact that this is you know, this is not trying to drag this out. It's not trying to do you know cram anything else in there you know it's a nice little compact 86 minute movie and i I really appreciate that and and it keeps like you were both saying it keeps your attention it subverts you know your expectations so no i definitely appreciate
1: the first time i watched this is because you were going to be reviewing it and i knew nothing about you didn't tell me anything about you like oh we're doing this and i'm like oh i might as well have a look Mm -hmm. and i thought i'd caught a sequel or something the way it started because when it's zooming in all the bodies and everything, and then it zooms in the girl that's in the pit, the the actual Jane Doe, I genuinely thought I've got shit. I'm in the wrong movie when I first started watching it. So it lulls you even from the very start.
0: Yeah, that's it. And like it's for, it's it's beginning to end. You know, like even when you go to the twist at the end, like it is constant. There's no. You get a very short setup. You know where you know we're we're following tommy and austin and they're they're doing their initial autopsy but that that's over very quickly like it's very quickly into the sort of main meat and potatoes of the film and again that's something else that i really appreciate as well because how many times you know we've talked about movie pacings before nico and and pretty much the majority of the films you know how many times have you sat there for 45 minutes in a movie before something happens or we're getting into the sort of main crux of the film so again i appreciate the fact that it was it was a relatively short period of time there where we've got to set up and it's obviously it's 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 a really tiny cast as well, you know. So everything just feels really compact and quite nice, and it's all just kind of done up with a neat little bow. And I I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, one 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 other thing for me, um, that's that's really great about this film is that Jane Doe is an actual actress. It's not a prosthetic.
2: Yeah. I know, yeah. I was surprised at mm. that. Yeah, and she does a really good job of being dead. And that yes! sounds really, really <laughs> that sounds really, really gruesome. But she does, because to, to do what she does, I would say that probably takes more ability to lay still for thirty minutes of filming than it does to act out a scene.
1: Yeah, if I tried that, I'd be snoring about twenty minutes. In.
0: <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I mean, um, it's, it's quite funny because um we've got a section later on for our rank reviews and uh one of them i one of them someone's written in think i think thinking they're criticizing the film um saying that the best part was jane doe's acting and uh, but i'm literally being like yeah that kind of is the best part because that's such a difficult thing to do and um sorry uh yeah um, it's it's such a difficult thing to do and it's it's really impressive because apparently she's like had to sit there for hours and hours for i think seven weeks while they filmed this and that was just it that was just her job seven weeks lying there completely naked in front of a full you know room full of cameras and actors and other people and i think they chose her as well because apparently she's like a yoga expert yeah Uh, okay
1: so, she, so
0: she's like able to control her breathing and and whatever and all. and the director had, i think literally uh, andre overdal had literally just said that some of the scenes would have been impossible with a prosthetic because um, yeah. i don't think this would be a, like a huge budget film as well for them to get like you know, i mean they're, they're gonna be wrong so the effects in this movie are, i think are great uh, as well it's something else we can get into but um yeah i think if you're using sort of prosthetics at some of the scenes in this film it would have looked a bit okay
2: Yeah, I I think it would. I think the the practical effects they do use in this are very good. But if you'd have gone full prosthetic with a prosthetic head, I think instantly would have taken you out of it. The fact that when they're opening her mouth and when they're moving her body around, you can see it's a real person. You can see as they touch her that it is skin and it's not a prosthetic. I think that really adds to it.
0: Yeah, I, Yeah. I, I, I agree. It would have completely taken you out of the film because there's just no way you'd have been able to do the entire film and have everything look that realistic
2: no it would have look like a sex doll let's be honest <laughs> oh
1: yeah i the tongue, like see when they open the mouth and the tongue's cut off even that looks like so real and i'm like that's got to be a prosthetic cause there's no way they've cut our tongue off you know what i mean but like even that like the as you said the way they open our mouth the way when they're doing the tooth and all that yeah 100 it's brilliant
0: Yeah, no, it is like I I don't think there is an effect in this film that I looked at and I thought, "Mm," you know, because like most films, pretty much most films, apart from maybe some of your big, big budget films you'll look at and there'll be something in it, you know, where you go, oh, that's maybe not so uh, that's not so great. But I don't think there is in this film. And I think I think pretty much everything. The effects, I think, are fantastic. You know, all those sort of autopsy scenes where they're opening her up, where they're removing various body parts, you know, I think I think it all looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, I did already. get a jump scare in this that you guys wouldn't have, so.
0: You got a jump scare? Uh,
1: yeah. Um, the, well, when we moving, in, there was a couple of flies going into the house. And uh, you know that bit where it comes out of her nose? Yeah. A fly flew straight from next to my TV towards my I Fucking <laughs> shot myself <laughs> by the way.
0: That's actually, uh, you just have 4D cinema in your new house.
1: That's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> and It's the old one it was in.
0: Oh, was it the old one was it
1: <laughs> so, literally moving everything out the room is bare i'm watching it with just a tv pitch black so you can't get more as, like engrossed in it at all because there's nothing in the room right now <laughs> and then this fly just flew straight towards me just coming from the right hand side of the tv as well shot <laughs> myself proper shot myself
0: that's fantastic all. um yeah so you know we're we're talking about things one of the things that i saw sort of really appreciate about this film as well is you know just the sort of level of detail they go into in terms of you know the amount of things that are, are are wrong with jane doe's body you know and it there's it's it's like a big jigsaw piece as well you know this this whole film is kind of like a puzzle where you're getting these various things you know she's had um, you know, she's got grey eyes, her, her ankles and her wrists are fractured, she's got her tongue cut off, she's missing teeth, there's, you know, pieces of fabric in her mouth, she's got a hundred other things. You know, she bleeds when they cut into them, even though she's dead, and dead bodies don't really do that, and like a hundred different things. And it's each thing they sort of return to later in the film as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is something that I really appreciate as well, because, you know, how many times have we seen that in a film where something happens, it's thrown away, you never hear about again. But here, all of these things sort of come back together, don't they?
2: Yeah, they they tie everything back and everything has got a reason for it happening. And I, yeah, I appreciate when they go to that level of detail, because if, let's be honest, there's so many movies, as you say, where they go, oh, look at this. And they emphasize something and then it never comes back around. And at the end of the film, you're going, well, what about that? And sometimes it puts plot holes in the movie as well when they do that. You'll go, well, hang on, you've forgotten something. And this one ties everything really, really neat when it comes full circle at the end.
1: And I love how it red herrings you with it as well because they're like, oh, there was a case, I think it's like three months ago or somebody says, and it's like it was sex traffickers or somebody said. And it's like, yeah, everything sort of ties in with that as well. And you're like, oh, so that's what's happening. Because as like I said, the first time I watched this, I didn't know anything about it i'm like oh well it's gonna go that route and it even throws you off with that it's just brilliant just absolutely fantastic
0: yeah because let's let's be real when I, the very first time i was watching this i wasn't watching this thinking yeah she's a witch yeah <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> uh what do you guys make of that as as the sort of big twist of the film um like it dislike it see it come in no
2: um, i thought it was a refreshing change for it not to be a demon <laughs> yeah yeah
1: a, a especially place, with man. the radio especially with the radio because the radio saying it, it's uh the devil and all that the song i can't remember the words of it but it's the devil's fault and all that you're like oh this is going to be a demon 100 yeah. percent. you're going to see it coming into the mirrors and all that stuff and then when you found out it was an actual witch especially when they peel the skin back and all that stuff inside of her skin i loved that bit
0: yeah, well, that's what, I was, that's what I'm saying as well. Like, it's also incredibly detailed, isn't it? Like like you say, you've got the, the markings on the inside of her skin. You know, you've got the, the, the Bible references that obviously ends up leave, le- leading them to the fact that, that, you know, she was in the Salem witch Trials. And then they have a, a whole discussion about that as well. I, I kind of love the fact that Brian Cox's character is just like this all knowledgeable man. He just seems to know everything, right? Brian Cox, for me,
2: makes this movie. Take Brian Cox out and this is nowhere near as good
0: yeah but, 100% well obviously me and Nico are going to love that for the Scottish connection yeah I Brian <laughs> Cox is phenomenal but in this he really is
2: outstanding
0: he is and, and it's one of those things because I kind of always forget just how good an actor Brian Cox actually is um, but every single time I see him in something because I, I was watching a few couple of months ago I was watching Trick or Treat and I kind of forgot, like, he's even great in that as well, which yeah. is, you know, this sort of, whole, it's a bit of sort of cheesy, you know, anthology movie, but I, I love it. And it's it's very well regarded. But, you know, I just I don't think I've seen him in a proper bad role.
2: No, I mean, even when he's done things that maybe the movie's not as good, like when he's dipped into the Marvel world and he's been in X-Men, even in that, the character he plays is very well delivered. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah, he he yeah. he makes anything he's given he makes it better than what he's given to work with and this movie i think the way he delivers his lines and the way he is kind of this all-knowing character because it's brian cox you fully go yeah okay you know what you're talking about but if it was another actor you'd go uh, do you know or are you guessing
0: yeah he just, just sort of gives off this vibe doesn't he of being like all knowledgeable a man of the world you know well traveled and 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 such like and i think that's just him himself not just the character he's playing i think that's just the vibe that he himself gives off
2: yeah
1: i think it's the little details he does like when he's doing it it's his body language when he he looks like he's taking a closer look he looks like his eyesight's slightly going you know what i mean he's doing all that sort of stuff with it like what would actually happen but, if you were doing an autopsy
0: but what i like as well is like every time you know um his son austin in this chat you know suggests something he's like oh no and he reference like he they reference you know previous things that he's done as a as, as, a, as a coroner you know and he, he, you know he's constantly sitting there saying oh no I saw a case like this a few months ago I saw a case like this years ago which is obviously something huh. that you know for a character of his sort of age would would say all the time
2: yeah yeah, yeah so, I like it when they do the bit where the son says "Our oh, cause of death was this and he goes mm, was it Did you look properly? (laughs) Uh, We've all worked. We've all worked places where you get a boss like that. You'll say something, he'll go, "Are you sure?" And then you go, "Yeah." And then he go, "Well, actually, it's that." And you go, "Fuck!" And he he gets that 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 interaction is so real and so relatable to anyone who's worked for anyone who's showing them something.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And this is a good thing as well because obviously you're saying, you know, take Brian Cox out, this film's a completely different. Film, whilst I completely agree with that, I think there's really good chemistry there between, you know, the father and son. You know, they're 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 I think they're very believable as a father and son sort of team.
2: Yeah,
1: hundred percent. Yeah, like they they work well. He does come across as the the cocky one, like that scene where he's like, "This is how it's done," and you find out the person's been poisoned. That that bit. It's not like he's been a dick to his son. It's not like he's trying to be like, oh, you've got this wrong. He's, he's questioning him, saying, well, you try to work it out.
0: Yeah, it actually feels like someone who genuinely is caring about the other person learning, even though he's doing that thing that you were saying, Scott, about, you know, oh, are you sure you've got that right? He want, he, it's like he wants him to figure it out for himself, doesn't it? He wants him yeah. to learn. So, like, it, they, they do have sort of a proper father-son-teacher sort of student relationship there, and that definitely comes through on, the, on, on camera. Yeah. Um, so there's 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 one sort of big controversy about this movie. People are very unhappy that we killed a cat in this film. Yes, yes, we are.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> let's be honest. They killed a cat in this, but they've killed cats much worse ways in other movies.
0: Oh, yeah, very much so. I literally um, reviewed a movie for my old show where they they yeah, cooked a cat in the oven. One br one br Yeah, I think we've <laughs> I think we've had the same guests on for that one. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I remember because uh, Alok Mishra was just like, oh it's it's a fake cat. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, people genuinely get really upset by this.
2: Yeah, it's the same as when they kill dogs in movies, though. People, people, uh, I'm guilty of this as well. I can sit and watch a horror movie, and I can watch a slash or a. A monster rip through fifty people and not bat an eyelid. If it then kills a dog or a cat, I'll
0: go. Was there any need for that? I know I you mean, just yeah. massacred thirty yeah. people, but why did you do that? Yeah, I mean, and I feel, I feel, do feel very, and like I personally, like right, I'm the same as you. Like kill as many people as you want, because let's be real, humans are awful um but (laughs) you know
1: humans are the real monsters
0: humans are the real monsters but you know we we all love our pets and we love our cats and dogs and various other things but generally when it happens in a horror movie it doesn't really faze me that much but this is one of the movies where i was like was it really necessary to kill the cat in this film because i don't think it was
2: no i i don't think it was The, the thing with cats though is cats are I'm going to upset lots of cat lovers now. Cats are inherently evil. And let me explain that. So If if you've got a dog and you die and you're all alone and just in your house with your dog, your dog will sit next to you and your dog will cry and it will scratch at the door and it will try and get you help. If you die at home with your cat, that cat is going to eat you. Good.
1: So, if me and Zita died in the house and the two cats were going to starve to death, I'm quite happy they feast on us. It's sensible. Yeah. You've got to earn a cat's love. Like, I love cats and dogs. I've I've grown up with both, so I love cats and dogs. But there's a difference, and the main difference is you've got to earn a cat's love. A dog is like, oh, play with me. Hello. And that's it.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I I don't know if you've noticed, Scott, but you're on a you're on a podcast with cat lovers here. So. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> but um, I don't
2: I don't get me wrong, I like cats, but I think cat versus dog, I I, I find cats very kind of like they they kind of like fuck you. I just live here. You feed me, you pet me when I want. I don't really like you. I tolerate you.
0: That sounds like me with the human race, to be honest.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> see, I I don't think cats are like that. I think well, my two just now, they're very suki because we're moving, so they uh, barely see us. So every time we're in the door, they're up. What an bozy. They're up, like snuggling in. They get maybe, as small as they can, as cute as
2: the cat.
0: M- maybe it's just my cat that's an asshole. <laughs> oh, my, my my cat was a total fucking dickhead as well. But <laughs> I still loved her. It was fine. Um, but yeah, but yeah, you know, like I, I understand why people get upset by watching these things it doesn't really fade i mean i say i understand like I, i get it and i don't get it at the same time because you know people are watching a horror movie they're watching people ultimately being brutally murdered and torn apart and you know sometimes you know it does fit the narrative you know to have the dog be killed i've seen so many times people and i'm gonna bring this franchise up again i'm sorry i've seen so many times people complain about the fact that michael myers kills the dog in halloween but it fits the it fits the, the the film. He needs to kill the dog so it doesn't alert everyone to the fact that he's there. You know, we're talking about you know films like Thirty Days a Night where they kill all the dogs, but it fits the narrative. The thing it fits. They get all like all these films where you know the animals die. It fits the narrative, and people still get upset about it. But you know, you you're you're sitting there and you're in Antarctica. You're going to have snow dogs. You know, like it's it's just yeah. like it. You know, like these things happen and. Yeah, like obviously in this film, I think it was it was completely unnecessary, but it didn't really bother me. I don't feel le- I don't see, think less of the I, film about it.
1: I think the other way. I think it, it wasn't necessary, but it was quite a good scene because you can see cop <laughs> the
0: car right? lovers like kill the fucking car.
1: <laughs> no, this is why, right? You can see the bit where he's holding the car, it's dying, and he's. You can see the emotion in him with it. It's it it shows him more human because if you're just doing an autopsy it can be a bit a lot of like people that do that just see it as well this is like a car and car parts is they'll treat it like there's no emotion there and it this shows that he's got emotion because when his car dies even when he puts it in the incinerator he's like give me a minute mm-hmm. and i think it just shows that he's a human being and not just this all knowing smart guy that's teaching his son and it's quite i like that i like the whole he's got something that he's lost and it, it develops into, oh, me and the missus sort of thing, and it's obviously he's lost his wife as well, so it shows you that sort of stuff, and I thought it was quite a sweet moment.
0: No I I completely agree with you it does definitely it would be really easy for this film for him to just be this sort of cold clinical character who knows loads and is just really knowledgeable but you're right it definitely shows a more human side and it makes him really relatable which is again one of the reasons why I think this this film is as good as it is because we've got characters we've got I mean we've only got what four characters in the whole film um aside from Jane Doe um so you know, it, it, you really need to have some sort of relatability to some of these characters. You're not going to have it to the girlfriend because she gets about 84 seconds of screen time, yeah. you know. Um, Jane Doe, you, you're not really re- you're not really relating to Jane Doe, Um. you know, so you really have to be able to relate and cling on to Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch here in this film. So that's why it's so important that, like you're saying, Nico, you get to see that human side, you get to see that relatability.
1: Uh. So I, yeah. I don't think it was a necessary scene, but I think it was a good touch. I think it was a really nice touch.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what do we make then of the scares, guys, in this film? Because obviously, you know, we were saying earlier, like for a long period in this film, it's quite atmospheric. It's a bit of a slow burn. Um, and then as you sort of get further towards the end of the film, you know, it sort of ramps up a little bit and we get some proper jump scares, like good old-fashioned horror fare. What do you make of it? Did Did it work for you's did it not work for you's was it good bad how would you feel um,
2: for me when it starts going to that next level and you've got the the banging on the door and they're trying to barricade the door and it kind of took it one step too far for me this is where the movie falls down a little i don't think they needed to go that far it starts off very psychological makes you think a lot and then yeah. it goes from that to pretty much going here you go Here's everything that you kind of thought was there. We're just going to give it all to you. And I wish they'd been a little bit more reserved in how they delivered it. Um, some of the scares are good. And, yeah, the, the the it's just where they go over the top with it and you get the, the banging and the stuff. It, it just went that one step further than I wanted it to. I think had they held it back a bit, it would have been a lot scarier because we all know what goes on in our head is far worse than anything they'll put on a screen.
1: Yeah. Like, the, my my favourite one is the last one where he falls backwards but he sees he's done. That, that's my favourite jump scare. But the other part is I do like the bit where it's, oh, this, whatever this thing is, it's coming towards you. You don't know it's a witch yet, really. It's coming towards, it's coming towards, and then he kills the girlfriend. I do like that bit as well.
2: Yeah, that I liked. I I did like that. That's... um. Yeah, because I'll be honest, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think she was going to die. I kind of, in my head, watching it, I went, "Well, Brian Cox is going to die. It's going to be the son and his girlfriend." A second, I saw her back. I was like, "Those two are the ones who are getting away." And yeah. yeah, when she died, I was like, oh, okay, that's not what I expected." Let's see where it goes from here. So I liked that. Yeah, yeah, I, mean,
0: yeah. I mean, again, it's it's one of those things. Again, it's sort of it's one of those things where it all comes back together because it could have been really easy to just like for her to just leave the film and not come back. But, you know, he specifically asks her at the beginning of the film, come back in like, what, 11 o'clock or or something like that. So again, that's something that could have just been sort of thrown away and never returned to. (laughs) So I do like that, but I do agree with you, Scott. You know, I feel like it it just, it just went a little bit beyond, you know, that they they showed too much, essentially, as, as you're going into that sort of final 25 minutes of the film. And it kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit and yeah it definitely it changed the it, it changed the type of film it, it was I think had it had carried on it just been that little bit more reserved obviously you're still wanting it to ramp up as you go on through the film um, yeah. and that's fine you can still have your ju- a few of your jump scares and things like that in there but i I don't feel like we really needed to you know see like some of the corpses floating about I feel like that was maybe like a bit of a misstep and you know I think had we just been hearing, you know, noises and seeing maybe shadowy figures and like getting your the jump bell. stairs and the bell, the, for the bells, the bells are brilliant. Yeah, a hundred percent. Genius, touch. brilliant. Yeah. Um, and had we been getting all that, and then at the same time, the only thing we're really seeing is Jane Doe's corpse lying there doing absolutely nothing. I think that would have been a lot more terrifying than than what we eventually got. Yeah,
2: I, yeah. I think it, it kind of sits with the any movie like this so if you think of things like paranormal activity or you think of movies like the Blair Witch I know they're both effectively found footage but the scariest moments of those films is when nothing is happening and you don't see anything and it's just the noises so it's the footsteps going up and down the stairs it's it's not the bit where she gets dragged out of the room and down the stairs that bit's not that scary but when it's banging, and you can see the chandelier swinging. That's more scary because in your head, you're going, Shit, if it can do that, what can it do? But then they go that one step further in this movie, and you get all of that, and you're going, What can it do? And they follow that with, This is exactly what it can do. There you go. Yeah. And, and it leaves you with nothing left to sort of want. It gives you everything, and you're kind of going, Oh, oh
0: yeah. okay. Yeah, it, it, i think they
1: like, did it for a reason so i think they did it because you can blatantly tell this was set uh, up for a sequel
0: yeah
1: like everything in it from from when the jump scares start all that stuff they're tying this up as much as they can for a sequel and that's i think that's why they're showing you all i think I, I i agree with you some of it is too much but yeah like i think they did it for a reason and i'm amazed there hasn't been a sequel because this is i think it's an amazing movie
0: I I don't think this film actually made that much money, to be fair. So I think, you know, maybe they planned a sequel, but eventually, you know, just decided that it didn't really do well enough. Would would you guys like to see a sequel to this? I'm kind of happy with just having this and that's kind of it. I would love it. I would think I would like to
2: see a prequel and find out how she ended up in the house at the beginning when she's first found. I would Mm -hmm. like to see... What led to that? I think this would you could go either way with this. I think a sequel and a prequel yeah. would work, but I think if they went prequel, that would amplify how good this movie is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it will be I one think, of I be- think my theory is they found her underneath. Somebody had buried her there from before. Like when that house was built, whoever knew what she was buried her there. And they've just been doing whatever they've been doing and the exact same as what's happened here has happened to them. Mm-hmm. That's my theory.
0: Um, it's going to be one of those if they if they ever did a prequel, be one of those prequels where you don't find out it's a prequel until the very last scene. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just pans out, and it's like, oh my god, you know, they're they're in the house, and there's Brian Cox just shows up for like three seconds. Yeah,
1: dude, that sings.
0: Yeah, but one of the things, one of the other things I really like about this as well is I really like the aspect of there's this one specific scene where. Brian Cox literally sort of begs Jane Doe for mercy for his son, and essentially says to her, "Like just do everything to me." And I really like that scene where he's receiving sort of all the injuries that she has, and we get that scene where you can see her fix herself. Yeah, I I love that scene so much.
2: Yeah, especially when you—it's the first part of that scene where you see his wrists and his ankles Mm. break.
0: It gives yeah. you that oh no, 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 no. But then you but, but hers fixing itself does the exact same thing as well. Like yeah. you just hear that noise, it's it's horrendous.
1: But for some reason it being inflicted on him gets you and seeing her getting it like fixed, you're like not giving a shit about her, you're like, Oh fuck me. You know, you're like you're like even when the eyes start clearing and stuff, it's, it's really, really cool.
2: Yeah. And I think the fact that they make a point earlier in the movie of showing you just how much damage she's undergone. So all of her lungs are burned from where she's been in a fire. She's got multiple scars on every internal organ. And they make a really good scene of showing you everything that she suffered. So when all of that's happening to Brian Cox, you're instantly going back to that scene and going, Oh, his lungs are being burned. He's struggling to breathe now. Oh, oh, he's he's grabbing his chest. He's grabbing his side. Oh, these must be the stab wounds. It's a really powerful scene.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If anything, for me, it's probably one of the mo- the most powerful scene in the film because it's just that moment. It's, it's that sort of oh shit moment of the film, isn't it? Like because you know at that point. There is no coming. Because let's be fair, Brian Cox took a bit of a fucking beating in this film as well. Yeah. He's an old old man. (laughs) And he took a beating in this film. And then on top of that, so you already know he's suffering both physically and emotionally, because as you were saying earlier, Nico, you get that scene where they're sort of talking about um, his mum, And, you know, he's literally killed his son's girlfriend. So, you know, he's been through it in this film. And then to top it all off, you know, he's getting these hor- horrific injuries. He's burning, his organs are burning, and you know, he's he's suffering from stab wounds and his arms and legs are breaking, and yeah. It's just it's just some awful stuff. However, I would like to say that his son, that's not the way I would do it if I was gonna put someone out there misery. He no, literally
2: it's... just
0: stabs him in the gut. Yeah. That's I... The
2: heart
1: he goes for.
0: Is it the heart? Is it, is yeah. it ever
2: sort of clear that it's the heart? It's not clear. I think it's it's kind of a bodged. I, I don't know. It, I, I'm with you on that. Ian. It just seemed kind of like, if anything, he was adding to his injuries yeah. as opposed to helping yeah.
0: him. He was just adding like, oh, here, you've had six star boons, have a seventh. You yeah. know, and like, yeah, that was a bit of a a bit of a misstep for me.
1: And Did the thing said? is, he's a mortician. He should have went under the armpit straight in. <laughs> like, he, he, he knows where to go for it. He should have just went straight for it, you know what I mean?
0: Ah, uh, but is he sure? He's, he's he's the trainee, so he's maybe Well, not yeah, there. that's true, yeah. He's maybe not sure. I'm um, surprised
1: Brian Cox at that point didn't go, just to you here, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get my <laughs> Sharpie, I'll show you. Right, just fucking, yeah. there you go.
0: Yeah. Are you sure that's where you want to put it? Are you sure? <laughs>
1: Are As you he, sure that's the
0: quick way? He stabs him and he's just like, oh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, just an inch to the left, please, guys. But um,
1: or, or maybe you should have done, went the other way. He just went, ah, fuck it. You've been digging into me all this time. You can't stop, 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 stop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nico, you talk about stabbing people a lot in this podcast. Not at all. I think I'm, I'm, I'm relatively confident, Nico. You you're, you might be a serial killer. Well, I've not been caught yet, so I can't uh. be.
2: I was just about to say you're not a serial killer unless you've been caught, so you're fine.
0: Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. I've rumbled you. That's it. We're on to you now. You're Um, next. I'm I'm next. (laughs) 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 You'll have to catch me first. It's fine.
1: Catch me, catch me.
0: Right, (laughs) anyway. Anyways, um, I'll open up the floor to you guys. Is there anything else in this movie that you felt particularly positively, negatively, anything else that you guys just sort of wanted to highlight about the film well, uh, before we sort start... of. What's that? There's
1: two positive bits I can think of.
0: Okay, go on, take it, take the floor.
1: <laughs> I was, it was a joke, as it just naked the whole time.
0: Oh, Nico. <laughs> Nico, I, we, were I, doing, I, we were doing so well. I knew you... where you were
2: going, and I, I agree, they are definitely two positives. <laughs>
0: Nico, though, we were doing so well. We were keeping this so high-brow for us.
1: Well, I agree, but I can still enjoy a pleasurable moment
2: like that. <laughs> it's the whole film! <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one negative for me. It, well, it's a negative and a positive. The use of the bell all the way through is fantastic. So right from when Brian Cox tings the bell to scare the girlfriend through to then when you hear the bell moving around when they're not near Jane Doe I think that's amazing where it fell down and it kind of killed all of that good work they done with it is in that final scene where her toe wiggles in the mortician's van when they've taken her body out I was like oh fuck off we didn't need that
0: we didn't need that in the slightest you're absolutely right I could not agree with you more because again it's that thing of letting you picture what she can do and then just giving it to you yeah, like which sh- at no point. You, I don't care if it's the last second of the film. She should not have moved at any point. No, in the film, and to just do that is just like, oh fuck off. And then it makes you think back. So
2: earlier in the film, was it just her big toe that was just wiggling yeah. to make the bell move, or was she actually moving about? It puts doubt in your mind as to what was actually happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could have still had the bell ring for me at that point. Just don't, yeah. let her just don't move her toe.
2: Yeah, you don't need to see her move. Just ring the bell. Even keep it with the driver in the front. Mm -hmm. Ring the bell and have him turn round and her be there still. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But again, I didn't understand why all the body... The father and the son come out in body bags and she come out just with a sheet over her. Yeah. She wasn't in a body bag. I didn't get that either.
0: Because of those two positives.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they got in there and went... She doesn't need a body bag. Drivers,
0: drivers had a really bad week.
1: <laughs> He's had a bad month. Just put it in like that. It's fine. Yeah. Uh
0: Nico, anything else for you?
1: Yeah, I must agree. Like that I did love the bell all the way through. And as you said, the bit at the end where it just you know, you see the toe move. But there there was a friend of mine, he was saying his theory with the movies like none of the stuff with them, it's all in their head. So like the father's killed the like girlfriend you know they've all killed each other and it's all in their head they're just imagining the whole thing and i'm like i like that twist but no nah, i prefer i mean one they
0: essentially bit. did all kill each other though because yeah. brian cox killed um his son's girlfriend his son killed brian cox so yeah. yeah they all they did they all killed each other um which is you know a very witchy thing to do
1: and it <laughs> fell backwards he genuinely killed himself
0: yeah, that's it, that's it, 100%. Like, there was no murders by any ghosts or witches in this film. It was all themselves. Apart from yeah. the cat. Apart from the cat. Well, apart from the cat, yeah. I mean, technically, technically, the cat was killed by Brian Cox. It was still alive. Yeah, this that's
1: is just, this true. The thing. You don't see the body of the cat afterwards, so it could have been...
0: A ghost oh, cat too!
1: It, it, the cat could have been fine. It could have just been attacked by something. Got a wee bite or something and he's just killed a perfectly fine cat and he doesn't know it. he been
2: attacked by a dog. Fun fact, do you know the cat has got his own IMDB page? It's called Sydney. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> that's that's uh, There's one piece of trivia on the cat and the trivia is is a cat. <laughs>
0: that's incredible that's uh, he hasn't only that one role <laughs> uh, a one-hit wonder i thought stanley did okay in this
2: film but uh, yeah. you know the, the stupid thing is though his bio is sydney is an actor known for the general <laughs> autopsy of jane doe and trivia is a cat
0: <laughs> hey that's more of an imdb page than any of us have so good good, good on the cat good on the cat but um yeah last call then guys anything else you want to bring up before we move on to the next section no i think i'm good good okay okay let's move on then and we will talk a little bit about some trivia i'm sure
1: if we bashed your head in all sorts of secrets would come tumbling
0: out I couldn't actually find uh, a budget for this film. I had a look on various websites, but I couldn't find a budget on this film. I also couldn't find a domestic box office, but worldwide box office, according to IMDb, was $6.1 million, which is what I'm saying is maybe not the biggest financial. I don't know. How, like I don't remember this having like a big cinema run.
2: No, I, I don't think, I definitely didn't see this in the cinema. I would have seen this streaming somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I definitely didn't see it in the cinema. So I, I don't remember it being released, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, so, like, maybe maybe that's that's a, co- a contributing factor to it. Uh,
2: um,
0: and if you've got someone like, like Brian Cox in
2: there, that's going to eat away at your budget quite quickly. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. like, he's not cheap.
1: Yeah, the thing is, I never heard of this until you were doing it on the last podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, they, you know, I, it maybe didn't get a cinema release, or if it did, a very, very limited one. Um he, at least here in the uk anyway i'm not sure about you if it got one in the us or or what but um this is actually uh so moving on this is andre Overdahl, the directors this is his first english language film so every film he directed before this because he did troll hunter before this um and a couple of other little things but this is his first english language film and there i think i think he's only done one since then and it was scary stories to tell in the dark um, which I'm not a huge fan of. I know there's a, there is a sequel for that coming, which he's also directing. Um, either are you guys a fan of that film? I'm not a big lover of it, to be honest.
2: It's okay. I wouldn't say it's a go-to for me, but I, I, I I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of Troll Hunter either. I would say this is probably his only movie that I, I like. I would definitely
0: say uh, this is his best film.
1: That's that's exactly what I was thinking as well. You've pretty much
0: said what I was going to say. <laughs> There you go. You can—we don't need you anymore. You can leave. Have, I've been replaced. Uh, I'll see you later. Um, so Brian Cox, um, as in most movies, wasn't the original choice to play uh, Tommy. What did? You, what would you guys think if he was instead played by Martin Sheen?
2: Mm, don't
0: know. Like, uh, yeah, I—I I don't think that would work because he was—he was the one who was originally cast.
1: Wow. Saying that, would look more like his father because they do look similar.
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe, but yeah, I'm I'm very happy we got Brian Cox in this film. Oh yeah. Um, as I said earlier, one of the reasons uh, the the actress who plays Jane Doe, Alwyn Catherine Kelly, she was selected for her role because of her knowledge of yoga, which helped her control her body and her breathing, which meant obviously she got she was able to sit there for hours on end. Andre Overdal has said that she uh, actually had the most difficult role in the film, and he credits her for making everyone else comfortable on the set. I'm hoping that's not a euphemism finally uh andre overdale has said that his inspiration for this movie was uh after attending a screening of the conjuring um which i can kind of see i can see little uh influences there um he immediately called his agent told them that they should try and find a good horror script for him and a month later they showed him this script he was immediately interested so um yeah inspired by the conjuring which controversially i'm not also not a fan of
2: <laughs> the conjuring franchise is my most despised franchise bar the first one the first one i thought was good two is terrible three is absolute trash do
0: you want yeah. do you want to know the only one i actually like is <laughs> Oh really <laughs> and i say like 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 is a strong is a strong word for how I feel about it. You can I'm tolerate just it. I, yeah, exactly. I'm just not a fan of that franchise at all. I, I I think it's I think it's so paint by numbers the whole thing. Which is really disappointing because obviously I you know I'm such a big fan of James Wan and some of the work he's done, you know, things like Saw and and um Dead Silence and which is a bit paint by numbers as well. But some of his earlier work's really, really good, I think. And then he does The Conjuring, which is so paint by numbers and everyone just, you know, loses their shit about it.
2: Yeah, I mean even when he goes further into it and he dives into things like
0: The Nun. And that is just Oh, oh that's one of the worst films uh, I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I, and again, I, I actually fell asleep in the cinema to that.
2: The thing is though, if you speak to anyone who likes the country and franchise, they're like, Yeah, the nun's not as good, but it's still a good movie. And I'm like, it's really
0: not. It's really yeah, bad. It's it's really, it's really not. It's really not a good film. But um but yeah, uh, that there wasn't actually a huge amount of trivia um around this film and did a bit of research but that was that was pretty much all i could find anything else from you guys any other bits of knowledge floating about in the brains um on the end credits
2: in the special thanks uh at the very very end of the movie it pops up the word troll which is a reference to troll hunter oh,
0: i didn't actually spot that yes yeah,
2: right at the very very end and that's a reference to the he'd done troll hunter
0: <laughs> so it's essentially you know how like at the start of a novel at the end of a novel we'll have a page with here's what this author has also written very much Uh, it's
2: it's a special thanks to troll because obviously (laughs) in in his mind without doing troll hunter he would never have done this
0: well i guess that's fair enough
2: yeah that's that's i guess that's fair it's strange though to thank some previous work you've done that would be like at the start of this episode you thanking your previous episode for allowing (laughs) you to be here
0: yeah yeah that would be that would be bizarre i'm definitely not going to do that
1: (laughs) You're you're probably writing that down now, saying, yeah, I'm going to
0: do that. that, That's not me taking notes. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, we we shall move on to our next segment, and we'll do the ratings and the reviews. A
2: census taker once
0: tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. As always, we'll start off with the critics' scores. IMDB gave this movie a 6.8 out of 10, Metacritic scored it a 6.5. Uh, I, I don't know, uh, Scott, are you aware of the Rotten Tomatoes scores for this film? No, I'm not. No, excellent, so you can play our little guessing game. Um, so, Nico, you get to go first, though, as our resident co-host. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes critics scored this movie?
1: I think they'd be high on this, I'll say about 60.
0: 60. You think 60 is a high score? Well, for them. Okay.
1: For horror <laughs> movies, because you know horror movies, they never go, like, above
0: 80s. Okay, that's, if that's what you think. Uh, Scott, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes critics scored this?
2: I think they're ruthless to a point that is beyond a joke with most of their scores, so I'm going to say they scored this 45
0: oh oh i was really hoping you go the other way because i didn't want nico <laughs> to win but uh this, yeah. the rotten tomatoes critics actually scored this 86 percent wow jesus that is they, high for them they were really, really high. high in this film the critics consensus the autopsy of jane Doe subverts the gruesome expectations triggered by its title to deliver a smart suggestively creepy thriller that bolsters director andre Overdell's growing reputation so yeah they were really high on it um scott you can go first for the audience score what do you think the audience scored it uh, I think they scored it a 7. 70%, excellent. Uh, Nico? See,
1: everyone I've talked to, I mean every single person, anyone that doesn't know it, watches it and loves it. And everyone that's seen it, loves it. I've not heard anyone not like it. So I'm going to say about the same, about 86 again.
0: 86 again. Okay, well, uh, I shouldn't even have let you guess because, Scott, you're actually bang on the money. 70% oh, is what oh, really? i scored this. So congratulations um yeah 70 percent from the audience i think i'm surprised it's actually that as i say as low as that seven out of ten still a pretty pretty good score um yeah, i yeah. thought the audience would maybe just be a little bit higher on that but um yeah, I as, saw that. as always as well we throw it out to you guys at home our listeners and followers we ask for your scores and your opinions of the movies so we'll just go through what a few of them had to say sleepless with steven says i give it a nine out of ten it's so jarring and disorientating it preys upon legitimate fears unlike anything else i've ever seen incredibly unique premise with an unfathomable ending so very high on that at groovy slasher 81 gives also gives it a nine out of ten. One of the best bottle horror films with a minimal cast in a single location not to mention the incredible prop work of that body can't recommend it enough some of it's not also a prop work, <laughs> but not a prop real body yeah um hazel hay gives it a perfect 10 inventive genuinely terrifying and so rewatchable one of my favorite horror films serenator x just two out of ten here you go, somebody who didn't like it i just remember not much happening I'm guessing the ending right at the start they're really smart so i didn't guess the ending maybe i, I, I should just believe re-watch. that in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> Sarah serenator x if you want to get back in touch you can challenge nico uh on that and we'll, we'll talk about it next week Uh, Amy Drolick gives it an 8 out of 10. Unexpected, creative, and uniquely gruesome. Movies for days. Regular contributors on this show. 9 out of 10. Wonderful contained premise. Perfect cast. Not overwritten or overly ambitious. Good scares and excellent makeup effects as well. Saturday Starlight also gives it a 9. I loved it. The corpse makeup effects were so creepily real. The score was incredible. It only loses one point because uh, the journey was way better than the end. But overall, Amazing uh candy at the house that screams podcast friend of the show gives it a solid 9.5 it was entertaining tense watch better than i expected and finally boomer also friend of the show former guest podcast in the woods nine out of ten it was one of the best movies of the year for me anytime you get a morgue setting i'm on board and then on top you get genuine creepiness witchcraft and brian cox i'm sold so there i, I think overall everyone's pretty much of the same opinion apart from serenator x you're very much on your own there but um and we that think just, you're lying and Nico thinks you're lying uh, but that just leaves us so Nico you get to go first as always on a scale of 0 to 10 what are you rating the autopsy of Jando?
1: I'm I'm doing what annoys me the most I'm giving us an
0: 8.9 an 8.9 Nico yeah N- right hold on Nico you chastised me so hard I know because I uh, Scott I, I don't really believe in giving out perfect 10s because I don't think that anything is perfect, yeah. right? So, and everyone knows that Halloween is my favorite horror movie of all time. So when we reviewed it, I couldn't give it a perfect ten because then I'd just be untrue to myself. So I gave it a nine point eight. Okay. And, and Nico has been chastising me ever since. Pretty I'm much like, for, just the, for the
1: one, fucking ten
0: for the last forty-four episodes, Nico has been going on at me to change this to a ten, and I refuse to do so. So the fact that you've just sat there and gave this an eight point nine really rubs me up the wrong way <laughs> i know
1: but i have my reasons right so it's oh no. a point off cuz the end just there's too much stuff happening at the end so it's a point off for that and the point 1 is off cuz i quite fancy the girlfriend i love her in sherlock and all that and there's not enough of her she's not there long enough so just point 1 off for
0: that okay okay i mean you fancy anything with the pulse nico which means jane doe is also out of the question for you um,
1: well no she's alive remember so she's not <laughs> <the> ballpark <laughs>
0: Oh dear. Uh, Okay, Scott, 0-10. to What are you rating the autopsy agenda?
2: Uh, I give this a
0: 7 out of Uh, 10. And anything specific you're removing those points for?
2: Yeah, so the first half, if they'd have carried on as they did from the very, very start and kept that slower paced and not given us everything on a plate, I would have scored it higher. When they took it that one step further and you got... All the banging stuff, and you've got the the bodies having to wander around, and I didn't like that. And then the very, very end scene with the toe wiggling uh, the last thing that goes through my head at the end of this movie is, Oh, fuck you. Why did yeah. you do that? <laughs> and, and it just leaves me with a bit of taste in my mouth. So it's a good movie, but it's not, It does, for me, it doesn't get any more than a seven. Yeah, yeah.
1: Sort of thing, is it? What's that? I'm saying the ending sort of let you down.
0: Yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah I'm in the exact same sort of ballpark with you i'm I'm gonna give it a seven and a half um it's it's just it's just it's I think this is a really good film. I think it's got great rewatchability value. you know i have sat there, I've watched this a few times now I, I've enjoyed it just as much every single time I've watched it. but that last twenty minutes is it's just a bit of a letdown it changes it ch- completely changes into a different film. Yeah. and as you're saying as well, you know to be left with the real final note of this movie just being oh fuck off is yeah. is just like it does it leaves a sour taste in the mouth so yeah uh, lots lots and lots of really good stuff going on in this film um but yeah that lot that ending really lets it down for me so seven and a half for me um but yeah all of our scores combined with the critics scores gives the autopsy agenda an average score of 7.6 out of 10 so we're all pretty much in that sort of ballpark figure there nico where did you where, where did you say you thought this was going to come about 13 so this movie is now ranked 13th out of wow. the, oh uh, 45 <laughs> movies that we've covered on the show you are spot on the money it is in 13th place For so um long, i've been getting it wrong you've I'm- been getting you've not gotten it right ever <laughs> I know what, you know, you got it right once, so it was when we did our very first episode.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not the second one, do you think this will come higher or lower in a business? Yeah, oh them. yeah, because
0: because our first episode was Doctor Sleep and our second one was A Nightmare on Elm Street, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so. and shockingly, A Nightmare on Elm Street ranked higher. Um, but yeah, so you're on the money, it came 13th, it's uh, one place, it's got the exact same score as uh, Gremlins. Nice. Uh one place above Scream, one place below Cube. So it's it's a, it's in there with some pretty good company. Um, and I, I think, that for me, that's just kind of about right. Based on the fact the amount of movies we've done, you know, we've done 45 movies here, it's just sitting outside the top 10. So it, it's that thing again, isn't it? It's it, it's a, a really good film, but it's not good enough to really reach that that sort of top echelon of movies. Yeah.
1: Look, I would easily re-watch this again. It's, it's one of those ones that, leave it a couple of months and you watch it again you'll enjoy it
0: oh 100 percent. i would happily watch this again but um but yeah you know it's, it's not up there it's not up there with the greats you know if you think of those if you look at the sort of top three or four top five even of our sort of leaderboard you know you've got things like alien and halloween and reanimator and the omen and elm street and shining you know you these are these are yeah. the sort of horror greats and it, it it doesn't it doesn't rank up there with them yeah Okay, Uh, well, with that being said, we shall move on to our final segment. Uh, This is the one you're going to love, Scott, because it is our Trivia Challenge. Hello, Amanda.
2: I want to play a game. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. I, I quiz people on my show every single week, and I really enjoy being quizzing people. I don't like being quizzed.
0: Yes, <laughs> you remember how I felt then when. Yes. Yeah. You know the exact feeling because I, I I'm like you. I do the quizzing on this show, and I I do occasionally just to annoy him, like to spring it on Nico that yeah, I'm quizzing absolutely.
2: him. I do that to Mark to the point now where he gets very 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 angry when I do it.
0: Oh, I the because Nico, you've done what? You've only done two trivia challenges to be fair. So it's not like I've I've sat there and made you do like a huge chunk of them. But, yeah, the, but the you'll sec- probably make me do it again in the next, the, next episode. The second, talk about this. the second time I did it, you were furious.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it was the third. So the first time was like Mark knew he was doing it. The second time I sprung it on him, and he was kind of like, Oh yeah, okay, this is cool. I've done this before. I can do it. When I'd done it for a third time, he was like fuck you man why why <laughs> am i doing this again i don't want to play this again i was like
0: well sorry <laughs> so for those who are uh, at home because it's been a while like i say it's been a while since we've had a guest on the show it's been a while since we've done a trivia challenge basically the premise of our one is slightly different to your one it's 15 questions which is i think the amount of questions that you do but um there's no there's no lifelines it's just 15 questions as fast as you can general uh horror knowledge if you don't know the answer to a question you can pass we'll come back to all your passes at the end and you can get a second go at all your passes uh we do time you but that's just as a time as as a tiebreaker if you get the same score as someone else okay Uh, the score to beat to currently sit top of the leaderboard is 11 candy from candy from the house she was shit hot do you remember that nico yeah she was shit hot she scored 11 out of 15 and she and she did it in the fastest time as well out of all of our guests. We've done nine this is the ninth one of these we've done. Uh, but if you if you're just more interested in not being bottom, you just need to get a higher score than four.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I'll be happy with five and now so, I'm
0: hundred percent I'm
2: happy with five.
0: Okay. So um Nico, please please don't give any of your shit hints. <laughs> I'll try it as if a- <clears throat> okay, okay. Uh, Scott, are you ready? Yeah, ready as I'm gonna be. Okay, let's go for it with question number one. In the 1999 remake of House on Haunted Hill, how much money are each person offered to stay in the haunted house for a single night? Million dollars. In what year was the movie Ghost Ship released? Mm, 1998. Who directed the Hills Have Eyes remake from 2006? Oh, we've just reviewed this, Um, pass. In the movie Orphan, how old does Esther claim to be when she is adopted? Eleven. In Ginger Snaps, what relation are Ginger and Bridget, our two main characters? They're friends. House of a Thousand Corpses, 31, Lords of Salem and Three from Hell are all movies by which director? Rob Zombie. No Tears, Please, It's a Waste of Good Suffering is a quote from which movie? Jeffrey Coombs, uh, Bruce Abbott, Barbara Crampton and David Gale all star in which Stuart Gordon movie from 1985? Pass. Guess the movie from the IMDb synopsis. An ordinary teenage boy discovers his family is part of a gruesome orgy cult for the social elite. Society. Sally, Jerry, Kirk, Pam and Franklin are all characters from which legendary horror movie? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How old was Michael Myers when he murdered his sister in the original Halloween? Six. Who plays the character of Casey in the opening of the 1996 movie Scream? Drew Barrymore. Insidious, The Grudge, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Ouija, and 2001 Maniacs are all movies that feature which legendary horror actress? Sorry, what were the movies again? Insidious, The Grudge, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Ouija, and 2001 Maniacs. Pass. How many years takes place between the events of It and It Chapter 2? 30. In which country? Oh, is the... shit, no, it's not. It's twenty-seven. <laughs> In which country is the movie Midsommar set? Uh, Sweden. Okay, we'll just go back to, uh, you've got three passes, so we'll quickly go back to them. Uh, who directed the Hills Have Eyes remake from 2006?
2: No, it's, it's completely gone. I don't know. Pass. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh jeffrey combs bruce abbott barbara crampton and david gale all-star in which Stuart gordon movie from 1985 now again i've got no clue uh and finally insidious the grudge a nightmare on elm street ouija and 2001 maniacs are all movies that feature which legendary horror actress uh heather Langenkamp. okay we will stop the clock there you will be pleased to know that that is the fastest time we've ever done uh, fastest uh,
2: time for loads of wrong answers
0: fastest time we've <laughs> ever done so you can at least be know that you were the fastest yeah um nico how, how did you do with that nico Were you playing along
1: there was a lot of i'm like uh, yeah i think that's right i think that's right there's a couple i think you were wrong with
0: okay okay well we'll go back through them so question number one in the 1999 remake of house and haunted Tale, how much money are each person offered to stay in the haunted house for a single night you said a million dollars you're absolutely spot on so you got 100 percent we'll just end it there (laughs) yeah let's
2: stop
0: (laughs) then in which movie uh which year sorry was the movie ghost ship released you said 1998 i thought it was 96 uh nico you went the wrong way it's 2002 is it really it's actually 2002 god Uh, i thought it was earlier oh see that's why you you were shit at the quizzes nico (laughs) yeah but that's a shit movie question a shit movie with one of the best opening scenes in a horror film ever um anyways question three who directed the hills of Eyes remake from 2006 it's gonna it's gonna really annoy you isn't it when i give you the answer do you know this nico
1: for some reason i thought it was wes craven and i'm like no it's not
0: no it's alexandra aja Uh, Uh yeah um he's actually done quite a few pretty decent films now i think um anyways question four in the movie orphan how old does esther claim to be when she is adopted um what was it you guessed for this one
2: uh, i said i 11. said 11 but i think she was 13 i thought it was 11 as well
0: she was nine was she really Fuck, really she claimed to be nine nine years old yeah. i when i when i was cause obviously because when i was reading it i i was surprised but well. i was i was sure it was 11 too but no she, apparently she was she was nine um anyways question five in ginger snaps what relation are ginger and bridget are two main characters that one's wrong yeah it is wrong they're sisters
2: oh they see i'll be honest confession i've never seen it
0: (gasps) oh oh
1: ginger snaps back watch that
0: one no watch watch them both i I love them yeah i absolutely love them yeah highly recommend Uh, question six house of a thousand corpses 31 lords of salem three from hell are all movies by which director you said rob zombie that is correct uh no tears please it's a waste of good suffering is a quote from which movie yeah You um said Candyman. it's hellraiser oh no (laughs) i was so i was like ah, because i threw it in i was like yeah this is fine this is a nice nice easy one no it's, it's hellraiser i'm sorry um question number eight jeffrey combs bruce abbott barbara crampton and david gale all star in which stuart gordon movie from 1985 nico you passed on this one nico did you get it not like reanimator or something yep that's it it's reanimator yeah uh question number nine guess the movie from the imdb synopsis an ordinary teenage boy discovers his family in a part of a gruesome orgy cult for the social elite you are absolutely right it is society who doesn't love a bit of the shunt yeah question (laughs) number (laughs) 10 sally jerry kirk pam and franklin are all characters from which legendary movie yep you're spot on again the texas chainsaw massacre Question 11, how old was Michael Myers when he murdered his sister in the original Halloween? Again, spot on, he was six years old. I want to roll man. I,
1: I thought you were going to fuck that up, because when you went, I'm like, easy way to say seven.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I nearly did, and I stopped myself, and I had to think about it.
1: Yeah, because I genuinely thought, fuck, he's way to fuck us up, but no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Question number 12, who plays the character of Casey in the opening of the 1996 movie Scream? Right again, it's Drew Barrymore. Question 13, Insidious, The Grudge, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Ouija, 2001 Maniacs, are all movies that feature which legendary horror actress? You passed. Nico, did you get this one?
1: 2001 Maniacs threw me off, so I don't know.
0: It's Lin Shay. Uh, Oh, okay. I I actually thought the Nightmare on Elm Street one was a bit of the curveball, because she's in it for about 30 seconds, because she's the teacher uh, in that scene.
1: I don't remember her in 2001 (laughs) Maniacs, to be honest, but it's been years since I've seen that.
0: Yeah. And I also thought to throw off because Robert England's in that as well. Anyways. Uh, question fourteen. How many years take place between the events of It and It Chapter Two? I'll give you half a point for this, because you did say thirty, but you corrected yourself and said 27, yeah, 27. so I'll 27. give you half a
1: point. Give him the point. He corrected it.
0: Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you really had to twist my arm for that one. Uh, question fifteen, in which country is the movie? Midsummer set, you were correct. It's Sweden. So all in all, that's that's not a bad effort. Oh, I got
1: that one wrong.
0: I thought it was Norway. Uh, you're how, how a did, fucking idiot. <laughs> aren't you? How did I finish? <laughs> you, you finished on eight out of fifteen. Okay, I'm happy with that. Really happy with you that. You take us. So, where's let me just pull up my leaderboard, and Thanks that score, time. that score of eight, actually puts you in third place. Oh, over the moon with that. Because eight is the score that I got, but you did it in a faster time.
2: I'm pleased with that. I can't.
0: So, so there yeah. you go. You are you, officially above both of us because Nico's below both of both of us. Uh, b- below both of us. Yeah. So you've beaten the hosts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm over the moon with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 as soon as I started answering, someone going, I answered, and then I go, I know that's wrong. I know that's wrong.
0: <laughs> you got a good roll there towards the end, though. So that that, that definitely saved you. But uh, yeah, well done, congratulations! But yeah, that is uh, that's going to do it for this week's show, Scott. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was a real pleasure having you on.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's been great. I've I've we've been talking about me coming on your show for what six months,
0: seven months. <laughs> yeah, maybe longer. we finally got around it. I finally got around. You know what? Maybe I should start organizing some of these guests too. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Come on the show, and then I just like never speak to them again. <laughs> I was like, no, no, we we need to get you on the show. Yeah, um, so no, I'm really pleased
2: you were able to be able. I've really enjoyed it, and we we've done a good movie as well.
0: yeah yeah yeah. it's always nice to do like um one of our previous guests boomer who will be coming back on the show as well he um when when we invited him on the show he specifically wanted to do something really shit yeah um so we ended up doing lost boys the tribe oh nice which which is yeah that is the right reaction um which i think at this point will forever sit bottom of our leaderboard um because
2: I, I don't know, drag a couple of Sharknado movies in, you might bump that up. Oh, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like Lost Boys the Tribe. I, it's, 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 mm. <laughs>
2: yeah. Lost Boys the Tribe is something that Mark has suggested numerous times that I put in a poll, and I won't even give the listeners the option to choose it.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you know they will.
0: Uh, yeah, they will. Yeah, that's they're, it, isn't it? It's we even related we even rated Attack of the Herbals higher. and that that's a dreadful film
1: that's like a local film
0: yeah that's that's that was filmed um what about 20 miles away from us which is shocking because nothing's filmed in aberdeen (laughs) (laughs) absolutely nothing anyways yes but anyways thank you so so much for coming on it was an absolute pleasure we'll definitely get you on again at some point as well because um, you know we, we've had a really good discussion today, and we'll, who knows, maybe next time we'll talk about something. Shit, we can talk about the third Lost Boys film. Who knows? Yeah. It's not, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nico, it was thank really
1: you. nice seeing my replacement, by the way. So yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Nico, I, I've been searching for some time for someone. This is pretty much since episode two. <laughs> no, nah, oh, no, no. I just it's
1: pleasure. It's been a pleasure being on, and I'll see you later.
0: You will see us all there. Up next, uh, don't forget, sorry, if you'd like to support us across our socials, you can do so on Twitter at Damn Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Podcast of the Damned. You can email us at podofthedamned at gmail.com and just support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Pod of the Damned. Scott, would you like to remind everyone about your show and where it can be found?
2: Yeah, with the U Run Podcast. You can find us at urunpodcast.com uh, We've got Horror Movie Review where we do very similar to this show, just not as professional. Uh, we've got YouTube where we do <laughs> lots of silly stuff on YouTube so we've got a new game called Spit or Swallow where <laughs> get, 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 yeah, uh, guests, guests take a big mouthful of water, uh, I tell a really bad joke and the idea is that they do not spit it out um, it's it's yeah. It, it had its first outing on our last episode and I had to do quite a bit of editing because some of the jokes were not allowed on YouTube <laughs> wow um, I definitely need to go like
0: check the that same out, one out? Uh, i'll give you i'll give you the will yes, smith. Th- yeah because this isn't going on youtube this is just going on podcast you can see yeah, whatever you want
2: I'll, I'll give you the will smith one that broke broke my co-host on that which is um uh could you imagine getting hit by the the man who played muhammad ali uh thankfully will smith's hand is as open as his marriage yeah
0: oh. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that was that's that's really good i actually really like that uh,
2: and we've also got our true crime show where we let you pick a true crime case and we investigate that and yeah we've, we've got all of that and that's all on our website yourunpodcast.com
0: awesome all the links to that will be in the description for this episode we'll also post them across our social medias as well can i just also point out at this point that you run podcast has possibly one of the best instagram accounts <laughs> going on instagram like your story is just you, you must spend so much time doing your insta stories
2: yeah i uh, i got to a point where i was kind of just throwing things at instagram and it was actually my wife went if you're going to do this you actually need to do it properly and she sat down and kind of wrote how i do it and almost gave me like a a paint by numbers of this is how you use instagram and since then it's been yeah it's been great i've i've found it a lot easier since she took over
0: (laughs) yeah instagram's always been the sort of one like i I, i've always been really i personally have always been really good at twitter so like that's the main sort of domain for where we are you know our, our sort of main social media accounts are all on Twitter um Instagram's always been one that I've found a little bit tricky to crack um but you know we, I, I, I'll throw things up there I'll have some fun with it it's, it's all good yeah but,
2: so our, um, our one now but, I'd so, probably say our main has moved over to TikTok yeah to TikTok now I found that if you say something that's a a slightly unpopular opinion you yeah. garnish a lot of attention I mean I've done a a video recently where I said I'd be quite interested to see the remake of The Crow with Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. you would have thought that I went and desecrated Brandon Lee's grave the way that TikTok responded to that, but it was great because loads of people went and listened to that episode, so Well,
0: that's it, that's it, at the end of the day, you know, it's all about getting years on the show, isn't it, so, yeah, um, you No, know, definitely 100%, I would also actually quite like to check out that remake, you know like, it's it, it's been a while now since that film came out and, you know, I think you know it, it's, it's a film that's i think criminally undervalued so yeah, yeah. You know. one of
1: my favorite films of all time
0: yeah, yeah i, I love even,
1: it. even i'm looking forward to it to be honest i'm not gonna lie
0: yeah well that's the thing because always when it comes to these remakes it gives the the originals more attention as well so you know it might encourage a few people to go back and check out the original too yeah exactly that um but yeah so that there, there was all the socials like i say they'll all be in the description for this week's show and they'll be all across our social media as well up next on the show uh, we have a, another very special guest. Uh, we have uh, one of our uh, followers on social media. She has her own shows as well. Reanimate her is going to be coming on the show. You'll know her as uh, Reanimate her on social media. She's going to be coming on the show to talk about the original 1959 House on Haunted Hill, uh, one which I'm very much looking forward to revisiting. I've not revisited that for quite some time. Uh, Nico, you excited to see that?
1: Yeah, definitely
0: yeah oh who doesn't love a bit of vincent price um so
1: i I love him in most stuff
0: yeah yeah i think everyone loves vincent price in most things to be honest um he's just one of those sort of actors isn't he but anyways i'm rabbiting on now i'm just rambling so thank you once again to scott thank you once again to nico for joining us uh i really had a good time thank you to you guys for the listeners for downloading and listening to the episode and until next week on the podcast of the dams just remember you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't Thank you.